It is. Lift up your hands and praise the Lord across the church tonight. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to start tonight in the book of Matthew, chapter 2. I'll read the verse and we'll go from there. Matthew, chapter 2. We will read verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Let's hold there for a second. When I read these verses, I see the word rejoice and joy. I guess from reading through the years, the general consensus was this. They have the same meaning. Joy and rejoice. Well, for years I kept wondering, they can't have the same meaning. I mean, why would Matthew use two different words? I mean, if it was joy, he just would have used it twice. There had to be something I was missing. Well, in going over this the last few weeks now, it was like the Holy Spirit turned on a light bulb about the word rejoice, meaning he cleared it up for me. The word rejoice in today's English would better be the word celebrate. When we see the word rejoice, it really means in today's language Celebrate. Now, when this first came, my first thought was, okay, if I replace the word rejoice with celebrate, would it have the same type of meaning? Would it stand the change? That's why we're starting here in Matthew chapter 2. We're familiar with the first part of the chapter. The wise men, right after, right around Jesus' birth, they see the star in the sky. It's revealed to them the meaning of the star that the Christ is born. The wise men make the trip to Herod. They ask, where is the king of the Jews? Herod, he finds out Bethlehem, And then he tells them, Bethlehem, and when you finish, tell me so I can go kill the guy, so I can worship him. The wise men, they leave. Now, up to this point, the word joy and rejoice really are not connected with the wise men. They've been to Herod. There's no joy there. There's no rejoicing there. But once they left Herod's household... Once they were on the road, we see what? And they saw the star. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. This is our first test. If we replace the word rejoice with celebrate, would the sentence stand up? So what do we see? And when the wise men saw the star, They celebrated 
with exceeding great joy. I would say the sentence stood up quite well. They saw the star. They rejoiced. Yes, we saw the star. And they were joyful on the inside. Now, understand, celebrate doesn't mean party or anything like that. That means you're showing a positive emotion regarding what you just saw. In this case, they were, yes, we saw the star. We're being led to the Christ. And by the way, what were they celebrating? They were celebrating the fact that God, through the star, was leading them to the Christ. So what is the first area we can celebrate? Coming to Jesus. We as believers in Jesus. When we heard about the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, when we came to Jesus or was led to Jesus, remember, that's really what happened to the wise men, right? They didn't come to Jesus. They were led to Jesus by the star. We are led to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. But the same principle really still applies. We celebrated. Now, when people come to the altar and they celebrate Jesus, some might be celebrating with tears of joy. Some might be raising their hands. Some might be the biggest smile they've ever smiled in their life. But it's still all the same basic point. They are celebrating Jesus. They were celebrating the great things that the Lord has done. So what are we seeing here tonight? We're going to build on this a little bit. The church as a place to celebrate Jesus or to rejoice. We are a rejoicing church. Meaning we celebrate Jesus. Stick with me. Book of Luke chapter 1. Now, there are three people that really use the word rejoice more than anyone else in the New Testament. Luke, Paul, and John. Those three use the word a lot. You really don't see the word all too much in the other books. But any book written by Luke or Paul or John, there's a lot of celebrating going on there. Now understand Paul. Why was he a celebrating person? Because the Lord totally, radically changed his life. This gives him a reason to celebrate. Book of Luke chapter 1. Are we there yet? Luke chapter 1, verse 14. This would be, let me read verse 13 and I'll set up verse 14. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. For your wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and you shall call his name John. So obviously we're talking about when Zacharias got the good news that he and his wife were going to become parents of a bouncing baby boy. Verse 14. 
and ye shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Let's change that word rejoice and see if it works. And many shall celebrate at his birth. Now let's connect this to the end of the chapter. What's happening at the end of the chapter? John the Baptist is born. The relatives and the friends, they show up to do what? Rejoice or to celebrate the good news about the birth of John. And it really went beyond the birth of John. It really was celebrating for joy that this miracle happened to two people who they would consider deserving of this miracle. They were there celebrating the event. And the fact that Zacharias began to talk gave them a third reason to celebrate. So what do we see here? The prophecy coming true. The people rejoice or they were celebrating what happened. When the Lord moves, there is going to be a lot of celebrating. Are we together on this? Let's stay in the Gospel of Luke. We don't even have to turn the page. Verse 47. Well, I have to, I guess. Verse 47. What do we see? And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. The first verse above. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath what? Celebrated. When the Lord speaks. In this case, Mary becoming the mother of the Christ. A reason to rejoice or celebrate. Verse 58. Now I don't have to turn the page. Verse 58. This goes back to what? And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy on her, Elizabeth. And they rejoiced or what? Celebrated with her. When the Lord performs miracles. Keep in mind that Elizabeth could not give birth to a child. For year after year after year, everyone kept going to Elizabeth. Oh, don't worry. We still love you. Even though you haven't given birth, we still honor you. But Elizabeth... She wanted this child badly. And the prayer was answered beyond any of her dreams. One who would introduce the Christ to Israel. Yes, this was a cause to celebrate. When miracles take place, there will be celebration. Why? We are celebrating what the Lord has done. That's what they were doing. All the people beyond the miracle. Remember, the miracle really happened to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Yet the testimony of what happened 
immediately spreads where everyone is celebrating what the Lord had done in their life. When there is miracles, when there is healing, when there are signs and wonders, there will be great celebration in the church. Are we together on this? Let's keep going. Chapter 6, Gospel of Luke. Tonight we're setting the foundation for where we are going. Chapter 6. Let's look at verse 23. So let's start with verse 20. Let's set the stage a little bit. Jesus said the following, Blessed are ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. We know this better as persecution. The believers being persecuted for the cause of Christ. The next verse. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Rejoice or celebrate when one is being persecuted for their faith. Now that one seems to go against the grain a little bit. Why should we celebrate? But what do we see? We are celebrating not necessarily because we're being persecuted, but because your reward in heaven is great. Isn't that a reason to celebrate? Our reward in heaven is great. We are celebrating now what we're going to get in heaven. Let's connect this to what actually happened. Keep your finger in Luke. Look at Acts, the end of chapter 5. What does it say? At verse 41. And they departed... From the presence of the council, what? Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. What's the word rejoicing? Celebrating. And they departed from the presence of the council, celebrating that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. What did we see in Luke? Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Why were they able to celebrate all of this? And goes beyond, great is your reward in heaven. Because these believers now have the Holy Ghost inside of them. And this Holy Ghost inside of them leads them to celebrate what's going on in their life. Now, when we are going through things for Jesus... With the joy of the Holy Ghost inside of us, 
we will be able to celebrate things that in the natural no one would celebrate. But why are we celebrating? Great is your reward in heaven. The Holy Spirit causes us to celebrate in those situations. Let's stay or go back to the Gospel of Luke. Let's go to chapter 10, verse 20. This is when the disciples returned from a preaching tour throughout the country of Judea. In verse 20, we see the following. Let me read verse 17 first. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. Verse 20. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you. Now, in the natural, if we are so blessed to cast out demons in the name of Jesus, we would be celebrating this. Yet what did Jesus say here? Jesus said what? Notwithstanding in this, celebrate not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Okay, how many of you are believers in Jesus? Guess what we should be celebrating? Our names are written in heaven. That's a reason to rejoice or to celebrate. Sometimes, I think a lot of believers begin to take some of this for granted, especially if you've been saved a long time. This is nothing to take for granted. We have a reason to celebrate. Yes, our names is written in the book of life. Now, if someone is delivered of an evil spirit, are we celebrating? Yes, we're celebrating the victory that person just received from the Lord. We're celebrating with him. But greater than anything that happens, we should be celebrating our names in the Lamb Book of Life. And guess what? To quote an old song, when the roll is called up yonder. And what's the roll book? It's going to be what? Your names are written in heaven. When that roll is called, your name will be called. And yes, high fives. Fall at the feet of Jesus. Celebrate because your name was called. This is a reason to celebrate. Are we still here tonight? Amen. Let's keep going. Verse 21. In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. Jesus was celebrating in his inner man, saying what? I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father... For it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father. And no man knoweth who is the Son but the Father. And who the Father is but the Son. And to whom the Son will reveal him. So what do we see here? Jesus is celebrating 
rejoicing. Why? Because the believers have received the revelation of who Jesus is. Now, we as believers in Jesus, our first celebration is when we believe and he is revealed to us that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. When Peter um, said this, it was a moment of celebration and rejoicing. When we believe this is a moment of celebration. The next moment of celebration is what? Usually when family, close family, loved ones, close personal friends begin to receive the revelation as well. Now we're celebrating. And let me say something here. Every time someone is baptized, excuse me, let's start with receiving Jesus as Savior, we should celebrate. Every time a person is baptized, we should celebrate. Every time a person that is baptized in the Holy Ghost, we should celebrate. All of those occasions are worth celebrating. Behind me is the table of the Lord. That's where the communion stuff is right now. Guess what? Every time we come to the table of the Lord, it is really a time to celebrate. Remember what we said. There is more to celebrating than, yay, tears. Yes, that's celebrating. Being thoughtful, that's a way of celebrating. Reflecting, that's a way of celebrating. When we come to the table of the Lord, it is a place of celebrating. Remember what Jesus said before he started the Lord's Supper. That he wanted to celebrate this with them before he went to the cross. All of these are reasons to celebrate Jesus. And when we receive revelation from Jesus, beginning with who he is, the Christ and in the cross and the resurrection, whenever we receive revelation, this is an opportunity for us to quietly celebrate Jesus. There's a lot of times a smile, a fist pump, whatever. It is our way of celebrating what the Spirit is revealing to us. Sometimes it's even just going back into the chair and thinking about it and meditating. Wow, what did I just receive? This is a form of rejoicing and a form of celebrating. The prayer closet and the study closet really should be a place of celebration because of what the Spirit is revealing to you. Are we together on this? Amen. Amen. Let's keep moving. I should have a bunch of rejoicing going on here now. Let's move on. We're still in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 13. At this point... Jesus had just performed a miracle. 
And what was the scene? Chapter 13. And let's start with verse 11 real fast. Where it said, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 38 years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Let's hold there for a second. I don't think this man was full of joy, was he? There was no celebrating with this person. Beware of those who see signs and wonders, who see healings and miracles, and they are not celebrating what the Lord has done. Today we'd probably call them stick in the muds. But really, you need to be concerned that when the Spirit is moving, if someone isn't celebrating, something might be off. That's what's happening here. Head of the synagogue, he was one of the top religious people in the area. He couldn't celebrate this miracle. Why? Because he said, you have broke the Sabbath. And that's wrong. Verse 15. Jesus then answered him, said, You hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Verse 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. Let's go there for a second. Of course they should be ashamed. Trying to steal a miracle from a woman. Shame on them. But let's not deal with them. Let's deal with the last part of that verse. Which said what? And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. All the people celebrated for all the glorious things that were done by Him. Celebrate what? What Jesus did. The healing of the woman. It was a cause to celebrate. And Jesus is encouraging this celebration because the celebration will give glory to God for what has taken place. Are we still here? Let's keep going a little bit. Chapter 15. A series of parables. One long, one a little bit shorter. We are familiar with the parable of the sheep that was lost and the shepherd who went looking for him. 100 sheep. Number 100 gets lost. Shepherd goes looking for him. He finds said sheep. Let's look at verse 5. Chapter 15. 
And when he had found his lost sheep, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Why was he celebrating? He found his lost sheep. Verse 6. And when he came home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice, celebrate with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. Hold there for a second. What's happening in heaven when one sinner repents? Connecting this to what we saw with the language of the one sheep that was found. First, when the sheep was found this shepherd rejoiced individually. He celebrated. I'm so happy to see you lost lamb. And then when he got back to the friends and family, he celebrated the one lamb that was found. He celebrated individually. He celebrated with the group. What do we see in heaven? First, Jesus celebrating individually. Probably even with the Father at this point. Why? Because one sinner has come to repentance. They celebrate. Then what? All heaven begins to celebrate. When you became a believer in Jesus. They celebrated that moment. There's a lot of celebrating going on in heaven. It's going to be a happy place. Why? If they're celebrating your salvation, think about it. The God of all the universe, the one who created everything that's here in minute detail, with all the billions of people here on earth. And he took time in everything that's going on in this universe and celebrated your salvation. Now, think about this for a second. That is something that should overwhelm you. Now, this is the awe of celebrating. Like, wow, that's still celebrating. Wow. I didn't realize that. And the big smile and everything like that. That is a form of celebrating or rejoicing. We should celebrate as a church when one person becomes a believer in Jesus. When people testify about how the Lord led, brought them and how they were saved, we should be celebrating or rejoicing with them. Let's keep going. It's in the 15th chapter. Where it said in verse 8. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver. If she lose one piece. Does not light a candle. And sweep the house. And dil seek diligently. Till she find it. Verse 9. And when she hath found it. She called her friends and her neighbors. Saying. 
Rejoice with me, for I have found that peace which I have lost. Celebrate with me. Now, in the eyes of the world, one big deal. But in the eyes of the Lord, one very big deal. A monster important deal. Because that's how Jesus and the Father operates. In the individual. Yes. They look at the big picture of the church. But they have never lost the small picture. The individual picture. As a church. Both here, everywhere who's listening. We, yes, pay attention to what was taught in economics class about the macro, the big picture. But we still need to pay attention to the micro, the small picture. Each individual person. So yes, when many are saved, we celebrate the many. But if one is saved, we celebrate the one. Why? That's what the Father and the Son and the Spirit are doing. That's what the angels in heaven are doing. They are celebrating the one. Let us not lose sight of the small picture because we're so focused on the big picture. Are we still here? We celebrate both the small and the big. Verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. This is vitally important. Why? Because you're worth celebrating. Your new birth is worth celebrating. Let's go. John cha- Luke chapter 19. The big celebration. In chapter 19 of the Gospel of Luke, we call it the triumphal entry. I call it the first big church celebration. Because this is a time when all the believers in Jesus that was in the Jerusalem area, they are there with their palm branches, waving them as Jesus enters into the city. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The word rejoicing is attached in this chapter. Verse 37, what did it say? It said what? And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice or celebrate and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they have seen. So who are they celebrating? Jesus. First reason. The king that comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 38. Blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord. 
What was the second part? For all the mighty works that they had seen. So they are celebrating Jesus the King. They are celebrating everything that Jesus had done up to that point. Celebration from this point on is going to become a major part of the church. This sets the tone for the rest of the church age regarding celebration. Now, one verse later. Verse 39, And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Why should we celebrate? We have reason. What the Lord has done in our lives. We sing the song, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Our salvation. The salvation of everyone who was in church. Those who are healed, those who are delivered, what Jesus did and what Jesus is doing right now. This is a reason to celebrate. From Palm Sunday forward, the celebration of Jesus, loud Celebration, might I add, should become a major part of the church. We have a reason to celebrate. There is many forms of celebration. Raising your hands, singing the voice, the expression of awe and wonder. Every one of these are legitimate celebrations or rejoicing of Jesus. A church needs to be a rejoicing church, a celebrating church. Pentecost, we have been known since the beginning. And by the beginning, I'm not referring to 1906. I'm referring to Acts 2.4. What were they known for? Well, everyone thought they were drunk. They were loud and they were celebrating. The Spirit will do that since the beginning of the Pentecostal movement in Acts 2-4. The movement has been about celebrating Jesus. And this needs to be a vital part of the church. Now, celebrating is more than a song. And it's more than raising your hands and clapping your hands, even though it's a part of it. It really should be a big part of who you are. Be it that smile. Be it that expression of joy. Every part of this is a celebration. The Spirit inside of us will cause us to 
celebrate Jesus. As we wrap this up tonight, a church needs to be a rejoicing church. A church that celebrates Jesus from the moment we walk in, including the moment we walk out, and all the time. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Or as we've been saying tonight, celebrate in the Lord always. And again I say, celebrate. Let's stand across the church tonight. Everyone's hands up. Let's celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah.